Luca Pekka Lucan in. This is Tall Can Audio. All right, off we go on a Friday edition of the Tall Can Audio podcast. And as tentatively promised, the pigeon has landed. Graham Creech is back in the TCA studio. What's happening, man? The pigeon? Is that what Lee's been calling me? That's what uh, Bunda and I have both been Whoa. calling you yeah, after you missed a couple of our UFC shows. Uh, for whatever reason, we just landed on the, this pigeon. <laughs> okay. Can't even show up. <laughs> All right. From a couple of grocery sticks like you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll uh, take it. Glad you're back, man. Good to see you. Yeah, glad to be here. It's been a while. Busy life. It's, this is the busiest I've ever been I can in only terms imagine. of family stuff. Yeah. Just because uh, the kids are getting a little bit older. They're more activities throughout the week and on sure. the weekend. So yeah, it's busy, but uh, glad I could uh, make it in here. Yeah, we do often let you off the hook and, and remind the good listener that yeah, you, you got a family, you got stuff to do, right? You got, <laughs> you got work commitments and things like But yeah, you're still taking a bit of a rough ride in here. So <laughs> that's, that's the way it goes. That's how it should be. Yeah. Uh, we're on social media at Talk and Audio. Give us a follow there and uh, make sure you subscribe to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, we'll start with a pint, man. What'd you grab? I grabbed a uh, bicycle... Moonflower IPA. Nice. Okay. Uh, bicycle was, um, when, when, when the pandemic first hit and everything was closed down and everyone was doing online beer orders, um, I was, me and my group of buddies was doing a ton of them. We seemed like hit up the entire province. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think the most frequent one I visited online mm-hmm. was uh, was Bicycle. Okay. Uh, like a lot of their products and I'm like a, I think one of my go-tos would be a, like a hazy IPA or something like that. And they, they specialize in a bunch of IPAs uh, for IPAs sure is what they do. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I got the moonflower going. Well, we missed you over at Bicycle I the know. other night. I just arrived back from uh, New York City, so I couldn't make it. Uh, drove like, well, I was in Connecticut as well, but in the car for about eight hours that day and wasn't making it, unfortunately. No. <laughs> Hopefully the next time they have one, I will be. Yeah, it was, uh, I think the the other TSN 1200 guys there could have maybe used some help based on uh, <laughs> yeah. finished I, sixth place. I heard <laughs> yeah. that they didn't do well. They did not go The version well. of the story I heard was based on two of the other guys <laughs> letting the team down. And mm. it sounds like to you that maybe that isn't quite accurate. I think the blame was equally spread around the table for sure. <laughs> Um, but it was fun, man. And, uh, they, they had a, you know, put on a really good show. So shout out to, uh, to Shrides and Vanessa for putting that together. Good crowd and, uh, always good beer there over at Bicycle. So, um, I went with, uh, one from, uh, Charbot Lake. So this is the kick and push brewing company. Uh, a nice easy stop for me kind of on the back and forth trip to the family cottage, right down to the Peterborough area. It's right there off of, uh, of highway seven. And this is their Mexican lager. It's called MX 287. Just a, a nice cerveza, right? It's. Nice, easy sipping beer while we talk some sports. Nice. Right, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you just got back from New York City. What was the, what was that like? How'd the, the trip go? Was it the whole family or just you and the wife? So uh, my wife and I went with her parents okay. to her aunt and uncle's house in Connecticut uh, for th- Ooh, American posh. Thanksgiving. Nice. Yeah. It was a really nice place and really nice uh, town that they live in in Connecticut. Um, so we, we went for American Thanksgiving, some family stuff, but hit up New York City for some shopping, some restaurants, uh, some I, what I, one of the things I love about New York are just the number of kind of hole in the wall pubs there are yep. that fit like fifty people, and 
you might not have ever heard of it before, but you go in and have a great time. So did some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, went to a uh, Giants game as well. My wife is a big Giants fan, so Oof. saw Oof. Giants Patriots. That was <laughs> that was a tough one. Yeah, but, no uh, doubt. But uh, but still fun. Nice to get out to MetLife. Right. And uh, had you been there before? No, I'd no. never been there. Yeah. My my wife has a couple times. Right. Um, and yeah, while we were nearby. They have a home game on the uh, Thanksgiving weekend schedule. Why let's, not? let's do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're right about some of those bars. Like I was down there for a, a baseball tour at one point. We hit up a couple different places and coming out of Yankee Stadium, we're kind of got ushered off down this side street towards where our charter bus was waiting. And uh, one of the guys at the front of our group, everyone is kind of separated, right? There's thousands of people spilling out of the place. And he, um, he slides into this bar that just opens with like a garage door. Like that's all there is to the place. And... He tells the security guards, he goes, if you see anybody wearing one of these lanyards, tell them Floyd says, come in. And he's like, oh, I guess. All right. So he did yell at us and he said, Floyd says, come in. I'm like, all right, if Floyd wants us to have a beer, we'll go in. And what? But now the security guys or the bouncer or whoever's working the door there, he just sees a chance for good business. He's yelling at anybody who walks by. Floyd says, come in, see if anybody knows a Floyd. <laughs> right? just, and the place ends up just packed. And uh, that was when I saw Yankee Stadium. You ever been into, into that spot? Or? No. No. I caught it just one of the last, the last year, I think, before it closed. That was half the reason to take the trip. Yeah. Was, uh, no, that's too bad. That got to be... Shea on the same trip. Nice. That, that place was a hole, but. <laughs> <laughs> just as many stadiums you can knock off the list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good, in my opinion. And uh, MSG, did you get there at yeah, all? Yeah. yeah. You've been there? I've been there before, yeah. yeah not what, not on this trip, no. but but yes, I've. Uh, what did been... you see there? I uh, saw Rangers and uh, actually uh, the very first time I was there. How long ago was this? It was a while ago. I think the WNBA was kind of trying to get off the ground. Okay. And we we went, we, we were doing a bunch of, like the first time you go to New York City, you're trying to knock yes. like uh, Top of the Rock and sure. whatever. And yep. I wanted to go to MSG. So we just went to MSG. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there was a game and they were handing out tickets to uh, Liberty and- Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, that was at least a decade ago, I right. think. Um, so yeah, uh, being there for sure. I, I just love, I love that city. Um, so many endless things to do there. Yep. Like I, every time I go, I try to do something different that I, that I haven't done f- uh, for the most part before. And there's still endless things to do. How I many times have you been? Uh, three. Okay. Yeah. I've only been down there the one time and it was, you weren't really on your own schedule, right? Because of this charter thing we were doing. Mm. Um, but th- there was a couple things we did get up to top of the rock, like you said, and, um, you know, w- walked by. It's escaping me now. The big church there that everybody's supposed to to see or visit or whatever. Anyway, it was fun, and I, I'd like to go I'm back. Blanking too. I know Sorry, ev- no. everyone knows. You know, something Saint something Cathedral. Anyway, it's people are screaming at their <laughs> fucking phones right now or whatever. Um, whatever. But, yeah, it whatever. happens. Um, but I'd like to go to MSG. I've never been, but I think I'd rather go for like a concert or something. Like I don't know. If, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, Rangers games are wicked because the Ranger fans are unreal with with all the yeah, chants yeah. and. They'll they'll even turn on themselves. Like right. if they're if there's if they show a celebrity on the big screen who they believe is like a bandwagon or, or fake kind of celeb fan, yeah. they'll they'll boo them, tell them to take the jersey <laughs> off. And if if they see, of course, uh, the opponent's sweaters, sure, yeah. oh, you're gonna hear about it too. You get the pot fan sucks chance, and yeah, that's uh, an like, electric building for sure. The NBA is not really high on my list of things that I follow day to day in sports, but even like. The idea of seeing a Knicks game there, right? It's so iconic. Like even something like that might be like for whatever reason, despite the fact that hockey is my biggest thing, the Rangers might be th- two or three things down 
on the list of things I'd see at MSG. Like a big fight might be kind of cool, a concert, uh, even the Knicks. Oh, I, I don't know. UFC it, fight? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be sweet. That'd I, be I don't, I'm not sure I could afford that. <laughs> no. <laughs> the prices that they charge in there. <laughs> hey, for those. just uh, apply for accreditation. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. See if uh, we can get TCA on the list. Yeah. Um, while you were gone, the Sens uh, didn't didn't endear themselves any further to the fan base. Certainly DJ Smith didn't. Uh, another rough night for him on Monday as uh, as the chants have returned. And I don't know where you're at with this. I I personally, I, I'm look, I get it. I'm kind of an asshole. I don't know that I want to chant for someone to lose their job. I would want my team to do it. Like I would believe it's time for the senators to do it. I'm a little uncomfortable being the guy chanting fire DJ, but fans are upset. Fans want to be heard. Um, do you think it's time? Yeah, I think uh, I think DJ DJ Smith is is a good coach. I think um, at the start of this whole thing, he was probably the right choice for this team sure. at that that stage. Yes. Um, do I believe that he and his staff will be able to guide this team to the next level? I don't think so. Right. Um, I, I think I think all all coaches obviously have a certain shelf life. Mm-hmm. And they vary depending on the approach and expectations, etc. Uh, I think this team needs a coach that thrives in the details and um, helping this group take the next step in becoming obsessed with the details and, and what it takes to to have success. And right. That's playing the right way away from the puck and, and defensively. And I, I don't – listen, I've never been in a locker room like that before, so I, <laughs> I don't know. But I would think that it would be tough – for a coach to come in and be buddy buddy and and encouraging them to take risks and develop into uh, the offensive studs that that they are and they were when they were drafted etc. Mm-hmm. And then coming into the year, he said, "I'm going to change and I'm going to hold guys accountable." And that's that's not what he has been for this entire group, right? So I think that's probably difficult to do. Whether whether a you you attempt to or and and the players aren't feeling it or. B, it's just not like in your nature to be that guy. I, I think he can grow, and I'm not saying he it, it, once he eventually is no longer the the coach of the Ottawa Senators at some point, whether it's tomorrow or next season or whatever. Um, I, I think he can grow as a coach. I, I think all coaches can. I just think this group needs a, a little bit uh, of a more different, uh, sorry, a different approach or different direction to right. uh, to help them get to that next level because I think. It, it's it's a big enough sample size that I'm able to confidently say I, I I don't see them getting to that level with, with this current staff. It's funny because we've seen this year Brady Kachuk and Claude Giroux both loudly come out in support of DJ, right? Publicly basically telling the fans to stop booing him and, and these sorts of things. It's clear they do like him, but whether or not they respect him, and and that sounds cold, like they don't respect DJ, but like, Maybe they're not hearing the message. They're not listening to the message that he's giving. Because as you've pointed out, it can be hard. If you're the same guy who's coached me for four years or whatever it was before this year, as we were going through the rebuild and trying to just get some skills and get these guys developed. And now you come in this year and say, I'm going to hold people accountable and do it differently. That's not how I see you, right? Like it almost has to be a different voice. Maybe this would not be the first time. In fact, it's pretty common that. You have one coach who guides you through the rebuild, and then when it's time to turn the page and take that next step, that guy's probably got to go. We've seen that a hundred times, right? Yeah, and I, like, I'm not saying I I want anyone to be fired. I, no, I, I I personally 
would not be someone to say chant the fire DJ. Um, I, I won't tell any fan how to fan. No, that's if, right. If they they buy their tickets and they've been through this. Yeah, you do you right. Like, yeah, they've been through this bullshit for a oh, long yeah. time. So <laughs> if they want to chant something, they can. Um, yep. So all that said, um, it's a tough spot, but I I just don't see this team taking that next step under this current staff. Yeah. No, I think it, it looks more and more clear, but they don't seem to want to do it. I know the players said to Steos and Andlauer when they came in, we want less noise, right? We want more stability. So I'm sure there's a part of them that's like, we don't want to come in. We've already fired the GM. You know, do we fire the coach now midseason? It, it, it is noise. It is a distraction. But at some point, like at this point, you're already on the very edge teetering on this season being lost, aren't you? Like, do you almost have to do something? Yeah, I, I don't know what kind of pressures on the new regime and Steos yeah. and Lauer and, and company to to make that change. Like, what what do they view this team as? But even what, if it's not the coach, maybe it's got to be a big trade to shake. Like, well, they, same, same it, thing it, with whether it's, it feels it's, like it's slipping away, doesn't it? This year? Oh, it definitely. Yeah, yes, yeah. definitely. I agree with that. I'm yeah. just saying for them, it, it would have been great if this ownership change had happened in June yes. yep. or July, yep. and then. Maybe the things that they wanted to do, their vision, they, they could have done that. Mm-hmm. And we could have seen some changes perhaps. At this stage, is the they want stability. That's what they've been preaching is because of the gong show that's happened off the ice um, and on the ice for a number sure. of years here. They, 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 want it, they want to stabilize it here. They want to limit the leaks to the press and media um, about stuff that's going on. They, they keep preaching best in class. And so mm-hmm. – what pressure is on them to to make that type of change right now? I, I don't know that there is. Maybe it, it's not as much. So it depends how they view it. Right. Um, that said, they go to lose Columbus yeah. and lose a couple of games this weekend, Columbus and Seattle. Um, yeah. That's it, – it feels like it's going to be at a point where it's just going to be awkward for everyone. The players, the management, the coach – um, and the fans, if, cause if they, if they lose these two games and they get a few games at, at home, mm-hmm. we're going to hear more deed fire DJ sure, chance. For sure. So at, at what point do you kind of just stop the awkwardness? Are you surprised? Like, and maybe not, but I, I talked to, to Versage about this the other day, a little bit, the idea that you just had this kind of three day break of, you know, the games have been very spaced out here for Ottawa. And now you're entering this December that's going to be every other night and that's a tough time to drop a new coach into right like if you do lose these two games or you know only get one point or whatever it might be you've kind of passed on a few different windows here where you could have dropped somebody in after that Monday night game and given them two or three practices before their first game behind the bench here in Columbus now it's just going to be somebody dropped in with a morning skate and off you go right like it, it you've sort of missed a couple of windows and I don't know when you get another one. You're not going to want to fire him over Christmas. Obviously that's, that's pretty ruthless even for pro sports. And then after that, it's probably not till the all-star break, right? Like there's not going to be any more great time opportunities to do it. Yeah. Well, they've, yeah, they've had three opportunities where because of their stupid ass schedule, it is um, to be able to make the change and, and not only because of the schedule, but because they were, in the middle of losing streaks yep. or whatever, where you're thinking, okay, this this could be the time. And and as you mentioned, each time has passed and they haven't made that change. So it becomes diff- more difficult with how, bu- how busy they are in December. Mm-hmm. That said, maybe they don't want to 
not cave to the fans. Yeah. But you don't want to react like you're making a decision. What's because the old expression? The fans... If you listen to the fans, yeah. you'll end up sitting with them. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe it's a situation where hey, they they go and they get they get waxed a couple times on the ro- upcoming road trip that they're gonna be on, and 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 that's when they make the decision. It not coming off a night where the entire building is, yeah. is fire. Like, that's interesting. Yelling fire, DJ. Who knows? Maybe maybe they're giving them till the end of the season. Sure. Who knows? Yeah. That's you're the guy uh, in your gig who is hosting an awful lot of the post game shows, which has featured an awful lot of of call ins and texts and whatever. Look, this fan base was rightfully excited coming into this season. Um, you know, core players locked up, new ownership. You know, guys taking another step forward. This was supposed to be different, and so far it really hasn't been. And again, I, I don't want to bury them before they're dead. Like. They've got games in hand on everybody, but they're not in a great spot right now. What's the what's the vibe you're getting from from fans right now? Are they still believing? Or are they oh, frustrated? Is it? They're pissed. Yeah. Um, I know uh, TSN 1200 ran a web pool a couple of days ago, two three days ago, asking if it was time to to fire fire yep. the coach and and that that question hasn't been asked. We, obviously, we've discussed. Sure. Everyone's discussed um, the possibility, but to to come out and flat out ask the fan bases is now the time. And there was 5,000 votes and it was 95% yes. I could not believe that, man. That is as lopsided as it gets. That's pretty telling. And obviously Twitter poll doesn't represent everyone's uh, opinion, but that's a pretty big sample size. 5,000 people, 95%. Um, uh, You can, you can feel it in the arena. And and part of it, that, uh, that game on Monday was, was hard to watch. That was one of the worst games over this whole thing, there's been a number of them, but that like, start to finish the first two minutes of the game where uh, they couldn't get out of their own zone. They iced the puck a couple of times, took a penalty back of the net. You're down one, nothing. Then they got out shot and outplayed completely until they got a four minute uh, double minor power play where they generated nothing. It was just from start to finish. Um, just a, a poor, uh, <laughs> poor effort. And, and then worst you got home this loss stuff since 2018, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Worst home loss for DJ. Yeah. Um, and then you got the stuff going on, uh, in the third period as well with everyone getting teed up and kicked out and <laughs> all that stuff. So it, it, that was really difficult to watch and, and the fan base is fired up and rightly so it's, it's, it's been a long time and, uh, they can see a lot of these pieces that the team built around, mm-hmm. um, taking steps, uh, and progressing and becoming star players in the league and they want to see them play the right way and <laughs> start becoming a playoff team. Well, and it's it's just so odd because these guys have taken these steps. Like, individually, they have all gotten better. But as a system, as a team, as a unit, it there's just something missing there, right? Like, it's not clicking. Stutzla is legit number one center at this point. Brady's a unicorn in the league. Jake Sanderson has gotten and arrived and become a star faster than anyone would have predicted. And yet, here we are again, right? Like, it's it's there's something wild about it. I know Shabbat's all the been details. out. And I the guess cheating. I, 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 I'm not one to blame injuries. Every team in the league mm-hmm. deals with injuries. Uh, you look at what the Bruins have dealt with last year and this year. Yep. A couple retirements, injuries, suspension, and uh, and they find ways uh, to do it. You, you don't let that define you. Every team in the league uh, deals with them. Did, did Ottawa suffer a number of important injuries yeah for sure they did yep. but you got to find a way to play tighter play play better as a team to overcome that and get some w's 
What do you stop cheating? It's it's like they at the start of that they st- like when all the, when all those they were hammered with all the injuries. It was like they started cheating more for offense. Yeah. This team is talented enough; they're going to score goals. They need to focus on becoming obsessed with the details to prevent them. What do you make of Josh Norris? Because he doesn't look quite right yet, and I don't know if that's still banging off the rust or if he's hesitant or. Yeah, I think there's been there was a game in Sweden. I'm blanking uh, on which one it was. I, I forget which one it was. Sorry, time is a flat circle here. Sure, yeah. um, but I, I, I noticed specifically, okay, he looks more engaged than he has since since I've seen him return. And uh, I'm not going to – like I, I'd like to see a more consistent Josh Norris that we saw uh, before the injuries. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not going to – not going to harp on him because he, I don't know what it's like for for him to overcome that. That's a a devastating injury that he missed basically an entire season, and and he's already had an injury on that shoulder. So I, I don't know what he's going with going through physically in terms of uh, feeling back to one hundred percent. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna carve him up or anything like that. Sure. But uh, I, I think it's it's fair to say that you haven't seen. The old Josh Norris uh, quite as consistently yet this season, but I, again, I just said I don't want to blame injuries sure. on team success, but <laughs> but still, I'm not going to carve a guy who I believe is probably still dealing with uh, feeling back to normal. Yeah, especially after training camp when it seemed like it was kind of hot and cold, right? Is he in or out? Is he, you know, a little hesitant or whatever? So obviously there's still something lingering there that he's working through, whether it be mental or physical. Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned the Bruins a minute ago. Um, they've they for real at this level? Are they about to do this again? What they did last year? I don't think they're going to set records, right. but yeah, they're they're legit, and they're legit because I, I had them as a team. I didn't I didn't predict them to miss the playoffs, but I I thought that they were going to be um, competing for a wild card or maybe the number three seed right. in that division. They could Just, drop 30, 35 points yeah. from last year and still be hanging and, around exactly. the bubble, right? Like, but um, what? What they've done for a number of years, uh, over a decade now, is they've had coaching staffs in place that have been known for their structure and play away from the puck and from Claude Julian Mm -hmm. to um, Bruce Cassidy to uh, the current regime. It's just they play the right way. Uh, They they have a good blue line. They have good goaltending. They have uh, players throughout their lineup that, that are good players despite losing their top two center icemen yeah um they just they play the right way so that's that's in their dna to to play that way so i I think yeah they're they're legit in the sense that they're going to be one of the top three teams in the atlantic when when playoff time comes uh where what happens in the postseason who knows um but man it's uh that that and that's why it's frustrating as a sense fan when you look at that and it's like obviously you're getting like bruce cassidy Right. One of, if not the best coach in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I don't think you can really compare Ottawa's staff to that, but you, you see that and it's like, if they just had some structure yeah. or, or more structure and less cheating and, and all that, then what could they be? So that's, well, yeah, uh, man, ca- uh, we're sort of the Bruins. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're sort of all over the map here a little bit, but as you point out the connection there, would you, if they were to replace DJ Smith, would Claude Julian be someone you're interested in? I don't know long term if that would be my answer or not. Like it may very well be, but I I think I would be open, very open to an interim thing. Yeah. Like, hey, Claude is not a head coach in the NHL right now. Obviously. Mm. Yep. Claude, come in here, and you got till the end of the season. 
if you turn this thing around and we like uh, the direction uh, that that we're heading in and once we figure out who the new GM is, we'll extend you. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Um, I I don't see why there would be a harm in in having someone like that come in uh, to finish out the season. Um, Because that is a guy who's known for structure and and doing some of the things that this team clearly needs. Yeah, definitely. And I keep going back to what Alfredson said um, the day he officially returned to the organization is I think Ian Mendez asked him, like, does this team remind you of, of your teams when you guys were in the late nineties, kind of becoming a playoff team? Up, and, yeah. yeah. And he said, yes and no. And the no part of it was that his team knew how to defend and they had to learn how to generate offense. This team knows yeah. how to score. They yeah. need to learn how to defend. And his message was, it's easier to teach someone how to defend and play the right way than it is to teach someone to score in the best league in the world. So yeah, you, you get someone, and I'm not saying like you threw out Claude as the example, maybe they, maybe he is their long-term guy. Maybe it's someone else who has the same type of pedigree that they do in season or mm-hmm. at the end of the year, whatever you bring someone like that in. I think a lot of people believe that this could be a good team. Yeah. And, and you know, Julian just being available now, if you had to do something quick, that might be the right type of guy, as you said, on a, on a interim basis for now. And yeah, I just, I look at that Bruins team and I've been wanting to write them off for a couple of years, like so many other people and it, they just refuse to die. And I, I was sure this time, man, Bergeron yeah. gone, Taylor Hall gone, Tyler Bertuzzi gone, uh, David Krejci gone. Like they took some hits over the, the off season and yet they just roll right out and do it's the crazy. exact same thing. To, and I'm one of these people, and look, I understand it's not my theory. I subscribe to that theory that you build your teams up the middle, right? You need big centers. That's how you get things done. And here they are rolling out number one center, Pavel Zaka, and this Matt Potras kid, and I don't know, Charlie Charlie Coyle. Coyle. And you're like, what is happening down there? But I guess you have two 930 goalies. You'll probably be okay. (laughs) It's just, like I said earlier, it's just... They know how to play. Yeah. They've been doing it for years and years and years. So it's true, man. They know what they have to do to win. So I think um, we all sort of thought coming into this season as we kind of circle around the Atlantic Division here that Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit would kind of all be pushing to take that next step forward. Uh, we've talked about Ottawa's struggles here a little bit. Buffalo got off to a decent start but has fallen back and they've had some goaltending issues. It looks now like UPL's grabbed that job and they'll run with it. But Detroit, Detroit's whole them. name. I, I don't even think, there, I love a, that it's name. It's a fun name, man. Ukapekalukanen. <laughs> but I'm worried about tripping over it, so I just stick to the just abbreviation. Keep saying it, you'll, yeah. it'll be like butter. <laughs> um, are you surprised that, like, when I looked at those three, I thought Buffalo and Ottawa knocking on the door, Detroit just a little bit behind those two. And now Detroit's the one that's taken a step out. They've grabbed Patrick Kane here. Um, I don't know that the Red Wings will sustain this, like in terms of being one of the division spots, but they're clearly going to be battling for a wildcard spot, it looks like here, at worst, right? Yeah, I definitely had them slightly behind uh, Buffalo and Ottawa coming into the year. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did, that said, I, I liked some of the moves that they've made um, in, in bringing in some guys uh, like a Daniel Sprong and some of the other moves that they've made. Confer's not a bad middle GT six Confer, guy. That's, yeah. yeah, big time, yeah. Uh, one of them as well. I, they do have a pretty big physical blue line at the same time, like Ben Sherrod, Justin yeah. Hall. I think they're making a little bit too much money for, yes. and, and on too much term. Like I, Petrie. I typically, if that was my team, I don't know if, and Petrie is another one. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if that was, would be the long-term model that I would like, but 
in in the here and now, yeah, they're they're definitely ahead of both uh, Buffalo and Ottawa. Do you like the Patrick Kane thing for them or like for from a for, Detroit perspective? For, yeah, yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. I, Patrick Kane can dish. He's in the top one percent in the league in in, in playmaking. If, as long and, as he can still skate a little. And he says he he says he can. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how. Uh, I was reading some stuff earlier about uh, just how comfortable he feels in terms of being able to to pivot and cross over. And how he was st- skating straight legged last year. So if if he's back to not even normal, but just better than what he was last year. Yeah. The the way he sees the game and and the familiarity he has with uh, Alex Debrinket, I I think it's. I think it's going to be a good fit that on that power play as well. Yeah, yep. I, I think it's going to be a pretty nice fit. And it's a pretty limited commitment for them, right? I think it's two point seven five million is the the cap hit, and it's obviously prorated. Um, but it's only for one year, so if it turns out he does come back and look a lot like what Nick Backstrom looked like coming off the same surgery, then you know, no harm, no foul. You had the cap space anyway, and and whatever. I think it's a worthwhile gamble. I don't know what he's got left in the tank. I'm a little surprised that he wasn't more interested in maybe going to Florida. They were apparently right in there and, and see if you couldn't get something going there. And that team to me looks like a little bit more of a safe bet in terms of getting into the playoffs and maybe taking another deep run. They're built for the playoffs. The, the Panthers are, I'm a little surprised he chose Detroit over the Panthers, but if he's worried about the travel and that was apparently part of it, um, he didn't really want to play in the West because of it. Well, Florida has the worst travel in the East, so I don't know if that factors in. But I was a little surprised he mm. chose Detroit. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it works out. Um, hopefully, if you're a Sens or a Leaf fan listening, it yeah. doesn't doesn't work out too Not well. Not too well, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, I've always been a fan of his game. Just, uh, he's, he's pretty nasty to watch. Oh, he's good, for oh, sure. Man. If there's anything left in the tank there, yeah. it could be a steal for the Red Wings. Uh, anybody else around the league got your attention? Do you, are you buying the Canucks hype? I mean, the longer we go here, they're not falling off. Um, anybody else caught your attention? Kings. Kings. Kings for sure. That's a good hockey team. Yeah. Uh, and they played a lot fewer games than, than a lot of people. Uh, I think they've, they're at 19 games played or so, 13, hmm. three and three. And, uh, they are legit. And I, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a player, like you see on some nights, it's like, man, that guy is awesome. I take that team, that guy on my team any day. And right. there's other nights where it's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. Um, but to, to have him as, as one of the three, uh, with, with Kopitar and, uh, and Dino, mm-hmm. like that's just, uh, that's a deadly center ice position. Um, I, I don't know if I love their goaltending. Yeah. Although y- you put a goaltender in their type of system and surrounded mm-hmm. by that, that kind of team, you're, <laughs> Ottawa fans gonna look and see what Cam Talbot looked like in Ottawa versus what he's looking like right now. Uh, with well, the and they're Kings. getting a first-hand look at what Corpusalo looked like behind them versus behind their D, right? <laughs> so sometimes these swaps aren't particularly flattering. Um, but you know, I, I do like the Kings. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? Kind of? Did you say under the radar? Well, just who might have caught your attention, good or bad? Like Jersey's gotten off to a slow start, but Jack Hughes is back. I don't know whether you believe the Oilers have turned things around. Connor seems to have found his game. Yeah, um, I think uh, I like them to get the make the playoffs. The Oilers? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's easier to say today than it was a week and a half or two weeks ago, right? Even Suddenly, I, I said it then too yeah. because, like, I they they they. St- they need to figure out their goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm not saying land uh, UC, uh, UC Saros sure. or something, but figure it out um, and get a little bit better goaltending, whether it's from the current staff or or elsewhere. But uh, as you said, Connor McDavid 
and um, I'm banking. Dreisaitl? No, I'm banking oh. on the blanking on the blue liner. Why am I uh, Nurse Bouchard? No, the guy they brought in from Nashville. Ekholm. Oh, Ekholm. Ekholm. Yeah. Uh, they they look healthier right. Uh, right now, and just for me, you look at the teams ahead of them: the Ducks, yes, the Kraken, the Flames, the Coyotes, the Preds, the Blues, and and St. Louis, Nashville. Currently, the time of this recording, yeah, uh, in the two wild card spots. I, I think well, some of those teams, those teams are yeah, like some of those teams are like what what Andre Turney has done with the Coyotes mm-hmm. um, is has been incredible. But I, I think I think the Oilers should be better than all of those teams there. And you get a healthy Connor McDavid who's just on an absolute tear right now. I expect them to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to catch, especially the Kings and Golden Knights. We'll no. see if the Canucks come a little bit back down to earth. Um, yeah, we're not, but uh, I, I definitely don't think they're catching the Kings or Golden Knights. Probably not the Canucks, but I, I, I would not, I, I would not count the Oilers out of a wild card spot and who wants to face that team in the first round no you bust your ass all season to get first place and there's Connor McDavid staring at you in the wild card so yeah I I, I don't know I've been back and forth on them and, and certainly they've strung a couple of wins together now and I think Connor McDavid just had 13 points in three games or something like that uh 12 points in three games whatever it was and like you go yeah of course these guys could string it together and I don't know what the start of the season was obviously you can't win with 850 goaltending that was a huge part of it but there was other stuff going on on that blue line and just letting guys march right to the net oh, definitely and, and I wonder about Connor and that outdoor game right they said he was gonna miss like a week or two and then he was back after six days so he could play in it and then all of a sudden he kind of stunk for a couple of weeks not and, and stunk like would be good enough to be the number two center on most teams in the league still but like for him he wasn't good and I just wonder if they rushed him back for that game and it ended up costing them and it certainly cost Jay Woodcroft if that's what happened. But to me, there's a little bit of we wanted him so bad in that game that we're going to let him play and instead of just letting him heal. Because after that outdoor game, they were off again until Thursday. So he could have had an extra three days mm. to to just rest too. I, I, I think they might have bungled that a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, but you're, you're right. Like, well, the goaltending has been shit. Like it's, it's been brutal. Um, but some of their play, I, I was watching... I watch a lot of late games and yeah. nobody gives a shit about fantasy talk, but <laughs> I, like I have McDavid in, in on, on one of my, or my oh, fantasy nice. team and I had the first overall pick. Yeah. It was random draft, first overall pick. And I was start, I was ninth out of 10 teams and <laughs> now I'm third uh, because okay, of yeah. McDavid's tear that he's on right, right now. Um, so I, I've been watching them and they, they were, they were making some brutal plays uh, away from the puck. Just, it, it reminded me a lot of Ottawa. If they clean that up, uh, I still don't love their blue line. I mentioned Ekholm earlier. I love I love Matthias Ekholm. Yeah. Uh, Darnell Nurse is, in my opinion, way overpaid. Uh, yes. I, I think he's probably a, a three or a four. A three would probably be fair a three, for yeah. sure. Cody Cece in playing <laughs> first minutes with Darnell Nurse is probably playing a little bit ahead of of what he is. Evan Bouchard has been awful away from the puck. And yep. Obviously, the start of the season, their power play wasn't clicking like it was when he took over at the trade deadline last year and into the playoffs where they were scoring like what 45% Honestly, success man. rate. And, yeah. and he, he was getting all the touches back there. So he was putting up a pile of points. <laughs> uh, but when he's not doing that and he's also not that great defensively, it, it exposes their blue line a little bit. So we'll, we'll see how it, it looks uh, under the new coaching staff. Uh, but when you got a, a healthy Ekholm and McDavid, that, that goes a long way. 100%, man. Uh, I'm curious. 
I want to move you over to uh, to the world of the fights here a little bit lately, and we're coming down the stretch. A couple of uh, cards have been announced for the new year, and then we'll be into UFC 300, which I believe is in early April, if not late March. And so, you know, this is one of those cards where typically they try and do something big, right? Remember, UFC 100 was a stacked card, unbelievable. UFC 200, they tried the surprise thing, bringing Brock Lesnar back in there um, as the big attraction. I wonder what you think the biggest thing they could do for UFC 300 is. Are, are they going to be able to to do it up as big as they normally do? What's your anticipation level like for that? It has to be Connor, right? Yeah. And I, like you and I and Bunda have discussed a number of times what, what Connor is at this stage, but um, he's still a massive draw. And I think, I think that you got to have Connor for UFC 300. Yeah. Um, even if, UFC 300 is is going to be huge for pay-per-view buys anyways. Maybe you could use a Connor on a 299 or a 301 right, to right, prop right. another card up. But I, I think 300 is such a, a big number that y- you got to have Connor um, on that card. Um, Would that be finally the Michael Chandler fight? Yeah. I think you yeah. have to at this point yeah. and Michael Chandler's waiting. So yeah. uh, I, I think that's what it would be. But uh, but. Regardless, that, that that's what I would like to see happen. Mm-hmm. You know, string along a guy and you have the whole ultimate fighter and all that shit. And then you end up picking somebody else. I, I wouldn't love that move, but but I think uh, Connor on headlining that card. I, I don't know what else. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on kind of well, what's, what's already been yeah, booked. In January, yeah, that. they put in um, Volkanovski. So he won't be ready. And that might be your best guy right now, right? In terms of over, I know he had a bit of a run in there with... Uh, um, with Mahachev, but in terms of names that you can market, like they've kind of used some of them through January, February, yeah, and and that's going to make this a little bit tougher. Um, I can't imagine you're bringing back Brock again. Could you bring back a Diaz? Could you talk him into coming back in, or is he going to stay celebrity boxing or whatever he's got going on? I, PFL against Jake Paul or something? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you. You know, I think it's going to be tough to match. As you said, UFC 300 on name alone will sell big. It's it's going to be, they'll, they do a tremendous job of hyping these up. But in terms of quality of the card, I'm not sure that this is going to be one of those blow away anniversary shows that they're able to stack up. Well, so you got 296, you got Edwards Covington uh, at the top of that one. Uh, at 297, you have Strickland and Duplessis. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leaves i don't know if anything's been announced for 298 299 yet uh but uh i think 298 is where volkanovsky's going if i'm not mistaken maybe a light heavyweight yeah for uh i guess so right you start to pereira yeah and he's been impressive right like for people who follow the fight game like i'm fine with watching that guy in a big fight but i don't know that he's selling a lot to the casual fan you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. like well, that's why you put them on yeah. 300 and yeah. that's going to sell itself anyway. Anyway, so no, you're be... right about that. That's a good point. And if you've already got McGregor, then that's your casual guy, right? That's the name that casual fans will recognize and they'll buy for. So I I just, I'm curious to see how this shakes loose. Yeah. It, 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 they've kind of stacked up those cards uh, leading up to it a little bit with title fights and, and that are going to be now unavailable, right? Like won't be able to be defended on 300. Uh, where are you at right now with the UFC in general, man? Uh, uh, it, it seems to go through three or four month phases where like every card seems like a total banger. And then there's a couple where you're like, ah, I could probably pass on I, this a little bit. I think lately, maybe like the last year-ish, mm-hmm. maybe, 
I think I the way that I've the fan that I've fight fan that I've turned into is I'll watch the pay per views. Right. Um, I don't really watch the fight cards anymore, mm-hmm. uh, like the UFC fight nights. Um, unle- unless there's like one specific guy or girl that it's like, oh, okay, I, I really want to watch this fight. Sure. sure. Um, but I'll, I'll tune in for pretty much all the pay-per-views unless I have something going on. But e- even then, if they start at 10 or 11 PM and y- you get home and you toss it on or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll tune in, but I'm, I'm not like, it, it's definitely nowhere close to my peak interest yeah. back in yeah, Bunda walks in here and he's telling me about the Dana White contender series and these names I've never heard of in my life, right? Like he's still watching everything. And so oh yeah. No, I, I, I'm not that guy. I'm with you. I'm mostly pay-per-views. I'm, I'm more, you could call me a casual now. That's. Yeah. No. Uh, I wanted to ask you just a little bit about what the, how things have been there around 1200 over the last couple months. Everybody knows what happened and that's put a bit of a, a lean on, on you and, and the other guys working down there in terms of having to pick up some slack and. You're hosting and producing, and then there's post-game shows and stuff like that. I'm just curious, you know, how, in a very general sense, how work's going right now for Graham Creech? Work, work's going well. Yeah. Uh, mostly focused on pre and post-game shows, so I do a, a ton of those, most of those. Yeah. Um, and that's my favorite thing to do, and it's my favorite thing to do is, is to be at the rink, so um, can't complain about that. Um, definitely different... Uh, from 10 to four without having yeah. coverage, especially on game days. As I think that's what you hear that when you, you go it. around town and you talk to people, uh, you definitely hear about that. Uh, Adding but, to the but, fan frustration too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. But personally, uh, going well. Only thing could be better is if this hockey team we cover <laughs> a little more starts fun winning some games it. here. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's been brutal, man. It's just, I guess, Wednesday. We saw the Blue Jays or uh, the Fan 590 announced that they're letting go Ben Wagner, their their Jays play-by-play guy on radio. And now there's some trepidation. Are they going to go back to just simulcasting the TV broadcast like they did during the pandemic? Um, you know, one of the obvious names, if they are going to put someone out there, might be Ben Shulman, who, you know, maybe gets a rub from dear old dad down at, uh, at Rogers Media. I don't know. Uh, and look, I think Ben Shulman calls a nice game. It's not a criticism of him at all, but they treated Ben Wagner pretty poorly through the whole thing. It, it just seems from talking to people, you know, the, the world of sports media as it is owned by uh, telecoms is is a tough go right now. And I'm not expecting you to criticize your your bosses or anything like that. But it's a tough, tough time in the industry right now, man. Like, Yeah, big time for everybody. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see where everything goes with, with rights deals and um, you, you seeing all this uh, Yahoo or Yahoo, uh, Amazon, Amazon stuff and... Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see when, when rights come up. Uh, I wonder what, how many teams bring it in-house, right? Yeah. And, can put, and we've already seen that streams. with a handful of teams yep. in various sports. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's I, it's definitely the game is changing, and we'll see uh, how it continues to evolve for everybody. But dealing with this a little bit ahead of time for a lot of Leaf fans, right? Being actually the team and the stations being owned by um, the same companies that own the networks. And all of a sudden... They're divvying stuff up for what's best for them and not for the fans. You don't know night to night which station the game's going to be on the radio and, you know, oh, Sheldon Keefe's on TSN 1050 today. Well, he's also going to be on 590 today because this is the day they've decided he'll trot to both corporate overlords, right? It's just a different world. And honestly, man, it sucks a little bit of the joy out of it for for some of us fans, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough go. So, um I'm curious, man, just before we, uh, we wrap things up, uh, where are you at on this year's NFL season? Who, who's, who's surprised you? Um, 
I, I, I was just talking to uh, our friend Josh the other day, and uh, he made a bet with Lee on how good or bad the Patriots were going to be this season. Um, that's not working out all that well for him, although... What did he bet? 24 craft beers. Uh, that, said, that they'd be good? They would be in the top two teams in the division. Oh, no. It's, that's a bad bet. That's a bad bet. And uh, he's about to have to pay for it in a pretty big way. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, the, the Patriots, man, are an interesting team at this point. And I don't think it's fair to say the Brady-Belichick argument is over just because Brady left and all of a sudden, you know, any coach who loses his quarterback is going to look worse. But I think we're, we are starting to see... Um, or approach a time where we might actually see Belichick. I don't know if they fire him or just tell him it's time to step down. We might be coming to the end of that era, I think, in New England. Yeah, it definitely uh, feels that way when you uh, you listen to uh, American Sports Talk Radio. Yeah. and it shines off him a little bit, I think. Definitely, definitely be interesting to see where that plays out. You asked me who's surprising me. I, I yeah, got to go with... I know they're just six and five, but uh, but Houston, yeah, um, yeah, they uh, and that's that's my team's the Jags, right? So I, I follow the AFC South pretty closely, and uh, just with CJ Stroud and and the Texans have have been able to do they they've been a very exciting team to watch and uh, get a push for a playoff spot here. Uh, I, I'd say that was a little surprising because I, I think a lot of people had them. I think they had everyone had the Jags, but then they had the other three teams kind of. Being right. really brutal, right? And uh, even the Colts, for that matter, at six and five, wonder where they would have been if Anthony Richardson was uh, was mm-hmm. healthy all year. Uh, probably a little bit better than that. Yep. Any anyone else surprise? Um, it, it, uh, top of mind, I, I had Detroit winning the NFC South, so that wouldn't be a surprise. Although they, I guess, kind of surprising how they're playing yeah. defensively and whatnot lately. So we'll we'll see if they're <laughs> able to. Uh, to make a season out of this, uh, I, no, I, I would probably say Houston. That if, would that would probably be my answer. The the Eagles have gotten to where they've gotten on fairly uneven footing. I would say, like, I'm not sure how much of that I'm buying. Where are you at on the Eagles? I do think they're they're the best team in the league, or hmm. or the second best team. They're they're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. But I agree with you. Like, I've I've watched a number of their games, and um, they're up for grabs. More often than not, yeah. like in, and I know a lot of people like to shit on the Cowboys, but the Cowboys pound teams. They've yes. they've blown out a number of teams. They played really well in a in a losing cause against the Eagles. So uh, I'm not saying that the Eagles are going to win this thing going away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, they can definitely be beaten, but I it, it's hard. Like, who would you pick as being better than them? Right. right now? Yeah. No, you're probably right in that regard. Like, it, it looks to me, and you know, I, I I had this conversation the other day with somebody about. And not that they're the best team in the league, but the Leafs, they're not, they're pretty lucky to be where they are. Like they're fourth best win percentage in the East right now, but they have a plus two goal differential. The three teams ahead of them are at plus 15, plus 17, and plus 17. Haven't they won like five games in regulation as well? Yeah. And they have two wins in regulation in their last uh, like 12 games or something. So like they're pulling these out of the fire. They're getting it done in three on three or in shootouts and uh, You'd much rather be getting these points, but a couple bounces the other way, and this team's in some trouble. On Thursday night here, uh, they're starting uh, Max Lajoie, William Logason, and like they have three number seven defensemen in the lineup, given all their injuries and stuff. Like they're the Leafs have the cars still running, but man, there is smoke pouring out from under the hood as in the warning lights are on. You obviously follow this team day to day. Yeah, but like going into the season, I was questioning their belief. Yeah, no, and, and now they have now they're banged up and. I would expect them to make a trade. That's a pretty significant to. one on the blue line, and 
that, that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't have concern right now if I were a Leafs fan because I, I think I don't think I, it's I, panic time, but I do think there's some signs under there that go definitely. Yeah. But, but I do you not think that they're going to make a pretty significant trade? Like they're, I, they're win- not that their window's closing, but they need to start taking yes. advantage at some point here yep. and winning multiple playoff rounds. So I, why not go all in and and make a, a trade for a rental or bring in... Well, it's not like they haven't gone all in, right? Like last year at the deadline, they yeah, made a no, bunch of deals. It just hasn't worked. And that's fair. I, to your point, how many more years do you think John Tavares is going to keep giving you what he's giving you right now, right? Like there is a reason that this is urgent and will, you do will have Will he not? No, why? Right. That's on the table as well, right? And so all of this stuff is a little bit alarming if you're a Leafs fan. And I think they'll make a trade. I think they were always going to make a trade to improve the blue line. But now... The Sharks all know you're desperate, right? They can see who they're starting tonight, uh, the, the the sixth defenseman that you're trotting out there. I think your job of acquiring that guy probably just got a little bit more expensive, everybody knowing how desperate you are. I, I just, you look at some of those numbers and the underlying stats and, and stuff, that the Leafs, like Matthews and Marner, after two or three straight years of outscoring opponents by 10, 12 goals per season, are underwater this year getting outscored. And that's, you know... The team is kind of clicking along with Tavares and Willie carrying the mail, and now the blue line's falling apart even further. You don't know night to night what you're getting in goal. I think they'll be okay, but I think they're, as you said, the window isn't closing. Like, we saw Washington, everyone kind of eventually give up on, right? Like, for years and years and years, this is the best team in the league. They're going to be right there. They didn't get it done, and then when you were sort of like, well, maybe they'll never do it, they popped up and did it. So that's possible, but I think the Leafs, best chances have gone by, right? The cap space and the things they've traded away and the deals they've made, they've had some pretty good rosters going into round one. even some of the opponents they've had. There's a playoff matchup and it's like, okay, this is the year that the Leafs could advance to the conference final. That Habs one especially, right? The the, the, Jackets. Yeah, all of that. You're just like, what is going on? And so... I I know everyone was licking their chops at the Panthers. Yeah, well, that didn't go very well for us. (laughs) It did not. Um, I was surprised I didn't see your Panthers jersey again right after that (laughs) happened. Did I I wear it or did I just threaten wearing it? That was uh, a threat, I think, but you did wear it a different night. I think one of the first times you came in here, they had just gotten pounded in the regular season by the Panthers, Mm. and so you wore it in then, and I don't think I saw you right after the... Yes, exactly. Um, So I don't know. When I look at the Leafs, they'll be okay, but I, I think they're best teams are behind them, right? I, yeah, I agree. I just, yeah. I wouldn't panic now until, just just my assumption is that they're going to improve their roster. Yeah. Um, and if they don't, or if they make some trades that aren't the right fit, then it could be time to panic. Right. But I, I think that they're good enough right now to... It looks like it. Tread water yep. and, and be a top three team in the Atlantic and hopefully for Leaf fans that they... Uh, you they assume Marner figures it out a little bit, right? He hasn't gotten off to a great... Like, things should be fine, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see. Hey, uh, if Josh is listening and he wants to make any bets, like uh, <laughs> I'm down. Uh, yeah, that was not a not a great one. Uh, what do we got next coming up for you? You on the uh, post game show on Friday night here? Yeah, or? Friday Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, all over the place on on twelve hundred in the coming days. I appreciate you coming in, man, making some time for me. I know it's a busy time for you. So thanks uh, for having me. I have to get uh, the other grocery stick in here. That's sometime right. And- we'll do that. We'll do some fight talk. You're the one that's hard to track down. So. Uh, We'll, we'll let you set What's the schedule What's hilarious on about this, yeah. fucking hilarious, is Bunda, Versage, Mendez, and I, mm-hmm. we had a tradition where we at least once a year, we would go out and we'd play like a two-man scramble against us. Oh, yeah. 
And the hardest people to lock down for that yeah. are Versage and Bunda. <laughs> Two guys two that, that are don't have children. Yeah. And, uh, ask Ian. Ask Ian. Have Ian in here and yeah. ask him. I, like, just don't even just name the the three of us and say, who is it harder to, to pin down a time? And it's those dudes. Yeah. So... I know it's been I've I've been MIA from this pod a little bit, but uh, well, he's off. Got to get him in. Got to get Lee in here too, sure. because uh, the TSN weekend reunion with that'd Paul be all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. The weekend re uh, weekend uh, with a couple of pints is that was it's like a, it's a different vibe. That right? was peak for Sage yes. in terms of his saltiness at time. Has he bring has he been bringing the oh, salt oh, yeah. on? Oh, I, I've heard a couple of podcasts actually, and just uh, just, just on, cutting you off in the middle of the intro. Yeah. To, <laughs> just on Thursday's show alone, he freaked out on people sharing their Spotify wrapped their song. I, I don't care. I don't want to see it. Okay. Like, I, I don't have Spotify. Yeah. I, uh, I'm in a family plan with some neighbors on Apple music. So Same. that's where I am. And I basically don't pay for anything. So okay, yeah. I don't care to be on Spotify, but at the same time, I'm not going to shit on anyone posting those because I, I love music. I yeah. spend a lot of time listening to music. So the more music I can learn and, and find out about yeah the better i encur- i encourage everyone to share that stuff so lee you're <laughs> sour just because your list looks like taylor swift and whatever the who else would be at the nice. top of everyone's Ooh. list drake yes. taylor like that's probably lee's fucking <laughs> Selena Spot- Gomez spotify rap so he's just embarrassed to share Maybe. His or something. he wouldn't give it to us man uh, we'll wrap this up, man. Like I said, I appreciate you coming in. We'll ease off on the pigeon talk now that you've been in and, and reestablished I yourself. Know, whatever. Here. <laughs> you guys got to drop it. Yeah, I can take it. <laughs> and uh, and we'll wrap this one up here. Don't forget, later on today, it's a two-pod day. We love when that happens. Andy Nita from the Nita Beer Company will be here because, Creature, it's December 1st. That's day one of Holy the Craft shit. Beer Advent Calendar. So uh, we've got a, a companion pod for uh, for the good listener who is taking part in the calendar Andy will talk all about what went into putting this one together. Some of the breweries you can expect to see, these sorts of things. That'll be coming up a little later today on TCA, man. It's, uh, it's a good day around here. We get to nice. start the calendar. I have never done a beer calendar. I've, I've gone out and kind of done my own thing, but I, sure. I don't know why that's something I've neglected to do. No, it's, uh, it's a good time. So we'll be working through that on the show here over the next couple of weeks. Hope everybody enjoys it. Creature, thanks again, my man. Thanks for having me. We'll wrap it up. We'll uh, see you a little later on with Andy Nita and then uh, Rob back in here on Monday and and then we'll see what's going on next week. There's always stuff to come. So stick around for all that. Make sure you're subscribed on on whatever app you're listening to right now. Give us a follow on social media at Talk and Audio. For Graham Creech, my name is Matt Robinson. We'll see you on the next one. What was that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?